When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, a very special in-person three-way discussion with longtime Milwaukee TV sports guy Dan Needles and his boy Drew Olson. We take a look at local TV trends, how it's going, plus the difference between Big J, Little J, and you just lost your J journalism. Also, some thoughts on tanking, Dion's luggage, and a whole lot more. Your 40-minute dose of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, December 6, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to Mr. Needles and Drew Olson as I cornered them in the little performance lounge in our radio headquarters here in Milwaukee, where I am this week, at 97.3 The Game. Make sure to tune in. Put it on your iHeart app so you can listen to the show free of charge and whenever you want. Uh, Before I get to my conversation with those guys, because I cornered them uh, in the office, I had a quick thought about two things, tanking and Dion. Dion and tanking. Or tanking and luggage, which is really... The reference to how Dion opened his tenure, however long that may be, at Colorado. But first on tanking, there is, believe it or not, a decent amount of Packer fans. I don't know what percentage. I'd have to guess. But it's greater than 0% for sure by a good number that really would like the team to just start losing. Lose for draft position. Now, you may be shocked or maybe not, or you may scream at the top of your lungs, hypocrite, when I tell you that would be a terrible, stupid, pointless idea. What? Zabe, you're the king of tanking for draft position. I used to listen to you say that all the time with Andy on the sports reporters. I had in the past, and in theory for some sports, I do believe 
in tanking, but not in this particular case. To me, in the NFL, there is no tanking from a mid-round position. There are already too many wins in the books to really get a super high draft pick, although if they didn't lose, if they didn't win another game, I guess they would be in the top five. But they're in the middle of the first round right now, and so therefore it's hard to tank when you're in the middle of the pack. And then secondly, and this is what's very important, tanking in the NFL should be for one thing and one thing only, and that is a quarterback that is deemed to be of generational talent And it's you and one other team who are currently swimming the bottom of the NFL depths. That's it. That's the only time you should endeavor to tank. And even when you do, and even when you pull it off like the Colts did to get Andrew Luck, it may not actually work out in the long run. It worked out for a little while with Luck. They made the playoffs. He was good when he wasn't getting killed and getting hurt out there. But, you know. For the most part, it did not change the fortunes of the franchise. And they almost blew that as well because they almost won a game down the stretch there. It's like, what are you doing? You're going to blow it. But that's it. That's all the tanking in the NFL should only be if it's you and one other team and there is a generational quarterback talent coming out. That's it. Otherwise, losing breeds more losing. It's corrosive to the culture. And it pisses off your fan base. Because unlike baseball, in which you can just gut your roster and say, look, we're going to lose 100 games this summer, but we're going to keep loading up draft picks and we're doing this with a plan in place. That's how the Nationals built their World Series championship team. They paid for it in blood with back-to-back 100-loss seasons. And so they got to draft Strasburg and Harper, the core of that team, and even though Harper left before they won the World Series, they also drafted smartly and developed their own guys. They lost a bunch of guys that were nine-figure contract guys, but still. In baseball, it's often the price you have to pay, unfortunately, to be competitive if you are not in a major market. Look at the moves that were made today. The Mets grabbing Verlander, paying $43 million per year for now, but two years at age 40. Now, he may be worth it, And the Yankees apparently offered more, but still. How are the Kansas Cities, the Milwaukee's, the Tampas going to compete with that? And other small market teams, they're going to have to be nimble. They're going to have to get young guys. Now, Tampa's doing it to a certain degree pretty darn well on the cheap. It can be done. But in baseball, tanking is a thing. In the NBA, it's a little bit more difficult because you may tank for a guy but you don't have them for very long, and the NBA is a lifestyle league, and so as soon as that star player is sick of living in your town, unless you're very lucky and you catch a superstar like Giannis, who is a humble kid from Athens who loves Milwaukee and doesn't want to go anywhere else, thank God for that, you're not going to keep that guy very long. So that's not really much of a viable strategy. So for the record, for the Packers, stop it. Anyone who's saying lose more because... I want a better draft pick. You can say once they're truly mathematically out of it, and I think their number is at 4% now, but once that goes to zero or at close to zero, then, yeah, by all means, start Jordan Love, see what you got. I'm fine with that. But don't think there's going to be any tanking going on. Now let's talk Dion for a second. Dion basically cut a wrestling promo or an episode of The Apprentice back when, you know, Donald Trump was socially acceptable 
to the Hollywood elite because he was not running for president. He was just being a clown on television for everyone's amusement. <laughs> Look at that clown. Look at that red hair. What a tool. Or the, uh, yeah, red face, blondish hair. Dion comes in and says, basically, and I'm summarizing and synthesizing and paraphrasing, you suck, you players here at Colorado, those of you who showed your face at this opening press conference, of which there seemed to be only about 20 or 30, you guys suck, so get out. Get in the transfer portal. And bragged about how I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis, as in Louis Vuitton. Oh, my God, he's so rich. He's so cool. Wow, he called him Louie. Named his own son, Shadur. Interesting name. The starting quarterback, but then quickly added, but he's going to earn it. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Didn't, I, don't you have to, uh, you know what, never mind. You're, you're on a roll, primetime. Now, this is both, this was both a bullshit thing to do to kids in college who did not deserve to be made unwitting props for all of Dion's cameras and social media people. But there was, there probably was, I would be willing to bet, one or two guys in that room who are pretty good players, who've been working their ass off, who may have had a lifelong dream growing up somewhere in the Mountain West to play for the once mighty Colorado Buffaloes Division I football program. And they were once mighty, but they have been through the desert wandering on a horse with no name for quite a while. Well, the horse's name is losing. Anyway, that's bullshit to them. But, okay, Dion, whatever makes you look cool. Now, you can say, oh, cry me a river, Zabe. This is the world the, the players wanted in college. This is why Ed O'Bannon sued. And yeah, to a certain extent, you're right. That we are now living in this world where this is all it is. It's crass, brute, commercial strength. Who, what players can you bring? What players can you buy? Who will come with you? But how long will it last? And how will they be cohesive? You know, Lincoln Riley got it to work at USC. But I don't know if the changes will be as wholesale as they will be at Colorado. But of the 70-so players, let's just say there's 80 players on Colorado's extended football roster, I'd bet there's a dozen that are good players that you'd want to keep. And of those dozen players who saw that press conference or maybe were there to listen to Dion basically say, you suck it out, if they lose eight of those 12 guys that you might otherwise want to keep, then... That's a losing move. That was a strategically dumb move. Now, I get it. Dion wanted to clear the decks as much as possible because I've got all these transfers coming in. There was a report that there was 200 potential transfer portal guys that wanted in. All right, well, just pick the 70 best and let's go win some games. Well, if it's that easy, maybe it is. I guess we're going to find out. But I thought it was... Bush League and low class to say that what Dion did, or I think it was Bush League and low class what Dion did. And to say so on most mainstream outlets would get you mock and ridicule and scorn. 
So I share with it here on my own platform where I can speak freely and say, no, fuck that shit. You want a clear house? Fine. Your prerogative. I know. The program's bad. The players are subpar. But not all of them. And you're not Vince fucking McMahon. So have a little dignity. These are still college kids. Oh, by the way. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And with that, I pivot. Dan Needles did television for nearly 30 years in the Milwaukee market, and he was very good on the air. Nice, solid, paying job, and actually had an offer to continue in his, I think, 30th year at the station, but decided, in good health, at 58 years old, nah, you know what, I think I'm done. Pretty amazing considering most of these TV jobs, for sports at least, in the local markets, are going away. But he did it, and he couldn't be happier now, and he's a good dude with some good takes, don't agree with all of them, and he's good friends with Drew Olson who works at our station, so I said, boys, let me just pull you aside for about 30 minutes and see where the wild goose goes. And we'll do it our way, yes, our way. They said, I expect our sports director to be here on Packers Sundays. That was part of the negotiation. I said, yeah. fine, okay. He's Hasn't been he there hasn't like been six there. of them. No, oh, Dario? Yeah. Oh, really? So that was part of your deal when you said, nah, I think I'll just retire. Yeah. I was too young to retire, by the way. Can you believe this? This is your boy, right, Drew? You yes, indeed. say that Needles is absolutely one of your boys here in Milwaukee. Indeed, yes. Not just media, but sure. generally speaking. Absolutely. Yep. You've known each other for how long? 30, well, like mid-80s. Yeah, I was at a college. I was at a college party. He was. I was visiting buddies from Oshkosh, and he had just graduated and gone up to New London to do radio. And he came back in, and I'm hanging out with the guys that I went to high school with, guys that I grew up with that were in Oshkosh. He came back in and was like this hero. It's like, hey, everybody screamed, hey, Needle Dick, when he walked in the door. I'm like, that's a great nickname. (laughs) So I I saw him here as a members only jacket, his perm. 
I know. That's the striking. only thing we're going to get into. It, <laughs> it was striking. Not, not just his <laughs> late finding of romance and his true love in life, which is a beautiful story, and his premature retirement from television when he didn't have to retire because he's too young for Boca del Vista. But his handicap's <laughs> gone way down, by the way. It's the fact that he, like I, has come to embrace the follicular desert. Is that even a word? <laughs> follicular I saw old photos of you, Needles, and I was like, wow, you really had a head of cabbage. I had, when I was in high school, okay, at the time there was like an NFL Films um, video with Gene Washington of the 49ers in it, and he took off his afro, or or took off his helmet, and his (laughs) magnificent afro just popped out of it. So a buddy of mine and I, we decided we were going to grow real big afros so we could take off our helmets and our hair would pop. <laughs> and it didn't. It was just bashed down on the side and straight up on top. It looked like Abraham Lincoln. Is that in you it. right there? Kidding yeah. play. Back I, in the day. Back in so the day. You I had lost a lot of hair. So you lost your hair late. Yeah, it, it, there's a family history. I saw it. I saw my brother losing his. I could see that the power alleys were extending right up there. <laughs> right. And. But what age? This would have been. No. Late 40s, probably? Yeah, see, that's late. That's late. See, I I lost mine when I was basically, uh, I don't know, post-college. There you go. Now I'm embracing it. Now you are, because you're amongst kindred (laughs) spirits. I'm amongst kith and kin right now. You know, in TV, they don't really embrace that, for the most part. For years, it's you get a tube. An old friend of mine, Steve the Homer True, he used to do TV for us. Right. And they made him put a uh, toupee on. And he would literally, like, put a couple pieces of tape on it and just flap it on. And then (laughs) as soon as he was done, off it goes. He didn't want to do it, but that's the way it was back then. And I had a couple of news directors that I had talked to and said, you mind if I shave my head? No way. You can't do that. Finally had one, a guy named Ben Hart, who was very progressive. He's like, yeah. But you know what? Let's, Let's do something with it. And he came up with this idea. We'll raise money for a Boys and Girls Club. If we get to a certain amount, I'll shave my head. Well, I was going to shave my head anyway, but they ended up raising like $17,000 for Boys and Girls Club. So it was great. And they embraced it. And now I'm seeing more and more. It's not because of me, but I think it's because of this age more and more on television. No doubt white guy baldness has become way more accepted. Absolutely. Like true bald, not horseshoe bald, like the bad guys in TV and movies. But sleek bald. Like I'm not fooling around. I'm bald. So deal with it. I'm not a student of this at all. But no, think, you got great captain. I think the, the touchstone was Michael Jordan, though. Because Absolutely. back in the day, remember uh, Clyde, he's Clyde Drexler's hair, yeah. hairline? It used to be you just let it go, and then Jordan started to shave it because he was probably that is losing true. it. His yes. troops were receding. Yes. For me, it was a guy named it. Slick Watts. Slick Watts was there, too. But Jordan cultural, made it cool. He yes. made it cool. But it yes. helped that he was Michael F. and Jordan. Yes. Absolutely. And he no had question. a magnificent body. And, and he was know, on every athlete, commercial. Yeah, Black. I mean, it worked for him. It did. Yeah, most white guys can't pull it off. No, so. my, most white guys look like uh, Savalas. Who is the guy with the bulls? Caruso? Uh, I was thinking uh, the guy yeah, from Alex Caruso. the Munson family. from uh, Or the Munsters. Munsters? Yeah. What like uh, Herman Munster, Herman the bald Munster. guy with the light bulb in his mouth? Oh no, that was the Adams family. Adams, family. Adams, family. Uncle Fester, Munster, Uncle, Uncle Fester, Munson family, Munster family. So you mentioned the TV thing. I have a good friend who lives in Houston. He now is doing great in medical sales, making a ton of money. But he used to be in television in Arkansas. You know, not a big market, Arkansas, and he was losing his hair. And he said consultants there were like. You gotta get hair plugs, and at 
one point he's like, what am I doing this for, for $42,500 a year, <laughs> working weekends and Monday through Friday? I never had anybody tell me I had to get any hair plugs or anything like that, but they, which was great. They didn't want you to shave your head, though. No. no that was Because the news they thought I had too much hair still, but I could see where it was going. <laughs> I no, can see like, the future. You're not be eligible the future. to shave it yet. Just right. stick, Just stick with, it. with it. Well, there, there's a story that goes back with, with my station. We had a, a guy who worked for us named Dwayne Gay. You remember Dwayne mm, very absolutely. well. Absolutely. Died of cancer. Died right. of cancer. And he had several bouts with cancer that he beat and then came back. And, right. And right about that time, one of our news anchors, uh, the late Mike Anderson, Came into work one day. He had this great afro, and one day his head was shaved. And we got hundreds of phone calls with people saying, oh, my God, does Mike Anderson have cancer? And after that, the station wrote into everybody's contract, you have to get permission for any major changes in appearance. (laughs) Wow. That's funny. So, anyway, here we are. You're retired. How old are you, Dan? Almost 60. Almost 60. Knock, knock, knocking on 60. I hate to admit that I'm going to be right there as well, 54. I might as well be 60. So you retired when you actually had an offer from ISN 12 to stay. Yes. That's pretty unprecedented, Drew. It is. This man here walked away from easy TV money. I didn't want to feel like I was just mailing it in, and I started to at times feel like that. Um, And there were were things that that came up. Okay, when the Bucs won the championship. They won it on Tuesday. Game seven would have been Thursday. If they win the championship on game, uh, in game seven, then they have a victory parade on Saturday. That's the day I was getting married. Half the people going to the wedding weren't going to be able to be there because they're going to have to be covering the, the damn victory Dad, parade, and I probably would have had to be there too. Were you rooting like crazy for the Bucks that line? I that was. Night? Not but, just as a Milwaukeean. But <laughs> at, the, at that same time, my, my mother was dying from cancer. She was 90 years old. And didn't know she was going to make it to my wedding. Wow. And they asked me to go out and cover the games in Phoenix. And I had a bachelor party scheduled and all the wedding stuff. And I'm like, I can't. And did you tell them no? I did. How'd they react? I think they kind of understood. Okay. But at that point, I realized for the first time in 35 years working in this business, I was putting personal stuff ahead of professional where it was much more important and i probably should have done that earlier but now that i got married my wife is a a elementary school principal so she gets up a quarter to five in the morning i would get home at 11 30 at night we'd never see each other except for on weekends and i had to work weekends half the year right so i didn't want to do that i was married once before and that didn't work out too well and i'm thinking the hours had something to do with it so i I wanted to make this work. Well, that's good. That sounds like a a smart decision right there. So when it comes to local TV news and Mm -hmm. sports, I'll say this, Dan. In the D.C. market, they don't have you anymore or people like you. Most of the local stations have either outsourced their sports or they just let a news anchor do it. The glory days of George Michael on WRC oh. Channel 4 mm-hmm. with the sports machine and Glenn Brenner, who died way too early of a brain tumor. Those days are gone. It's kind of sad because I knew all these people in local TV sports, and they've just eliminated the position. Why here in Milwaukee, a market many rungs down the ladder, do stations still invest 
in sports guys. They maybe. do, but not as much. Okay. Okay. Um, Channel 4, uh, WTMJ, they used to travel to, like, every Packers game. Now, if you watch their sports, they have a news anchor reading a, over a couple of bucks highlights generically, right. and then they throw to a package by one of the sports people. Okay. Um, so they're not as invested. Mild station, and they, they did it when I was there, rarely travels to Packers games unless it's a game that's going to be on their air. Oh, okay. Then they do. Which is ABC. So yes. ESPN, the the ABC, Fox like station. Card game, right. The or Fo- a Monday night game. Right. Yeah. The, the Fox station money. here. Uh, travels to all the Packers games, and they're heavily invested in Packers. But Fox is an NFL yeah. station, you know. Yeah. So th- for years, like when I started in television, and even when I was growing up watching in Milwaukee, the sports guys got like four and a half minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was four and a half television. A lot. Yeah, it was big real estate. Whoa! When I my first TV job was in Wausau, and there was a Saturday night where I had nine and a half minutes. In Wausau. Five and a half minutes. So I picked up uh, a camera. Wausau East High School, 42. Right. I picked up a camera, went and shot three high school basketball games in the area, ran back, had to produce the whole show, edit everything, had these long scoreboards of NHL, NBA, whatever, to fill nine and a half minutes. Nowadays, you don't get anywhere close to that, but they'll, they segment it out. You never used to see Packers in the A block of the newscast, unless it was something huge. Coach change, um, big trade, huge win in the playoffs or something. Now it's Matt LaFleur spoke today, and it's like the third story in the newscast. The next story is, you know, five dead in a shooting in Milwaukee. Right. There's not a lot of um, reality there. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it ever coming back? No. I don't think so. No. I mean, it's kind of like newspapers. Why? It's very much like newspapers. There's a, there's a lot of reasons, but the, the thinking in the newsrooms and for management is if people care about the game, they've got it on their phones, they're watching ESPN, why should we show a highlight? Why should we give up that real estate when we're up against SportsCenter and sports fans are watching SportsCenter? Which I would say if people cared about the weather, they've got it on their phones. There phone. you go. Right. The why th- do they go four deep on weather people? The- <laughs> Because they get it Research. wrong less locally than the others. I don't know. <laughs> Research shows that's what people want right. to see. That's what they're that w- still watching the news but for. I think in Milwaukee, you're still going to have, like even yeah. though what I said about WTMJ, they still have a three-person sports staff. And there's still going to be sports coverage because of the huge fever for Packers. Yeah. And Sports yes. Center won't always cover just the Packers. Right. But yeah. high school stuff, too. And high yeah, school see, stuff is still big. I think that's the difference here, Drew, is just seeing how the Midwest is about their sports that there is a much more localized interest, and there yes. is that high school and well, that local college interest un- that drives the reasoning of, yes, we should have somebody talk about this. The thing is, though, um, until Giannis and like the last 30 years with the Packers, you didn't hear on the sports centers. Like, they didn't cover local. They didn't cover the Fox. Right. But the Brewers would never make a sports So they wouldn't either. cover the pro teams so, locally. Yeah, locally. Like, the pro teams yes. locally. No, 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 no. I mean, no. ESPN. We're flyover country for Sports Center, so that was the thing, and that fed that part partially too. But even Tim Scott is from Madison, our boss here at the radio station. He was shocked to come here and see that the Packers are the A block every Sunday night. Like they're the first, you know, five minutes of the news is the Packers game. He's like, that doesn't happen in Madison. Is that grip slipping a bit? (sighs) What do you think? 
I think it's inevitable that it will as soon as Rodgers is gone. They've wrung yeah. the washcloth, though. When the Packers first got good, when Favre and when they the resurgence under Favre and Holmgren and Wolf, it was it was cash. It was just it was right. eyeballs and it was cash. And they had we had Packers shows. Homer hosted People a Packers show. More, more, more. Couldn't have back, enough. Back in the the mid '90s, every Wednesday I would go to the Packers Hall of Fame and do a sit down interview with first Brett Favre, then Reggie White. Every we had Wednesday. These, every, every Wednesday week. we had these exclusive one on ones with them. <laughs> Wow. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. No, but they that, don't give access to that or they make you pay. Right. Oh. That fed into that because there was so much thirst for all those bad years of Packers that suddenly now this, they're good, we're going to jump on it. And wait, the was that while they were playing? Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. But the personality of Favre and then – And Reggie. And and now Rodgers. Whether you like him or not, the, the looniness, the 9-11. It's, it's not a it, sellable mainstream personality. No, but there's not. always some news in there. Well, there is, they, but I'm saying I'm not put sure it in that the A block. would no. they – I mean, if Rodgers were to agree to such an interview, which he wouldn't because he's got McAfee. Right. Right, his yeah. own thing that he controls. And I'm sure he gets paid for it, right? He gets paid by McAfee. I would assume oh, absolutely. so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Even though they act like dude bros together, yeah. no, he's, he's getting some money from it, right? Yeah. yeah, so Favre and Reggie did it with you for free. No, we didn't pay them. Their um, their agent sold commercials to deal with this Around. and then paid them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that yeah. kept us from getting dirty hands or something. Uh, I don't you know. You could still be a big J journalist. They were getting paid. They were getting paid to do yeah. it, yeah. Is he a journalist? Dan, he's uh, he he walks that fine line. He's as big J journalist as you can be in the TV side of things because they're foofy, a sousance of foof. Is he a big J Not anymore. I've become did everything it, I used to did, make fun did of. Did he lose it when he joined our no, filthy, so. sewer-ridden business? See, once upon a time, like when I started in the business, and Drew is the exception to this, but newspaper guys and TV and radio. We're over here, and they're eyeing us like, don't you dare. We're real journalists. Yeah. Get out of here. They're over in a the corner. They're waiting until everybody else is away to ask their questions about second and long. What was your blocking assignment? <laughs> you know, and we, we're over here. We don't care. Yeah. We just I want a sound bite. seconds of a yeah. sound bite. <laughs> exactly. And at some point, Drew sure. was at the forefront of this. These guys realized, wait a minute. I can make money doing some radio and some TV. Right. Yeah. And you saw many do that. Tom Hodricourt really was good at that, you know, and some guys uh, resisted, but more and more, and it, it bridged that gap. Gammons was our first guy over the wall, and then guys like Mort and guys, you know, right. guys that kind of went, Peter King to an extent, too. Right, right? Right, right, guys right. that went over the wall and bridged it. It used to be silos. When I was in college, you majored in radio, TV, PR, or print. Those were the three silos that you had to right. choose from. And I was a good writer, so I was in print. And it never dawned on me that that was a different world. Like, I couldn't be on TV. I didn't. I don't know how to look at a camera. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I have no idea. Well, they and can teach I, you. I didn't teach really, a monkey to do it. But they didn't. The, you but learned. If you, but you if you didn't fine. do it in college and you didn't come up that way, you, it, weren't, you, were, you were out of your silo. In some ways, it's easier to teach the radio TV than it is the journalism part, the writing a story. You know, writing a story for TV is so different than writing a story for a newspaper. Sports radio helped the writers because the writers are generally glib, wise asses that are good on sports radio. Some of them. Some some are verbose. and Some writers are great with the keyboard, and then you get them on the air, and they're Michigan J. Frog. Yes. In college, I had a radio TV film major. Journalism was a completely different 
Yeah. Uh, emphasis. So I had that for so, a minor. What college? I went to the Harvard of the Midwest, or basically uh, UW Oshkosh is the Harvard it's, is the Oshkosh of the East. Let's put it that way. Okay. It's the uh, yeah, but that's the Medill School for Wisconsin media. It was really good. Is it really Oshkosh? Oshkosh yeah. is where a lot of the radio TV people uh, okay. went. All right. Bob Brainerd, Dennis Krause, okay. Doug Russell, Dan. We got a lot of, a lot experience, of experience on air right away. See, and but that was the thing. Like the the radio guys were just the guys who wanted anything free. That was like you know bobbleheads. I'll take six. Um, oh, they're you know there's hot dogs. I'll take three of those. And then they would just like <laughs> fill their bags, and they would get their sound and send it to, as stringers to AP or whoever, and they would do their deal. And the TV guys would show up. Literally not being at the game, they would show up at like you know as the game was ending to Ninth do their inning of the baseball you know, game. So we were like, oh, here come the blow dry and makeup guys, and it was a pain in the ass because when you're standing around an athlete's locker, you got the guy holding the mic and then the guy with the big camera, and they take up a lot of real estate oh, and there's yeah. jostling and stuff. And we're like, hey, you guys aren't here. Like they're here for opening day, and then we don't see them again until July or and, August. And the attitudes from the teams, my God, the the PR people, like, well, you're not around here. These people are here all the time. They know what's going on. And our thought was, yeah, they're around there all the time. So they're getting brainwashed by, say, the brewers into another bite of the apple. And they're trying really hard. And they're, it's just unfair the, <laughs> the, 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 the way the, the monetary issues of baseball are. Instead of Mark Adonazio is the head of the group that bought it. He wanted the attention. So he'll be the, the head of the, the, uh, syndicate. The, the syndicate. And then... He gets to be a celebrity and hang out with his boys, Ryan Braun and Christian Yelich, and then give them a lot of money without doing much background research on why they got good. Right. So, in other words. But doesn't spend the money I to know. be competitive, just so wants you, to be famous. So, you think, Dan, that. The, I didn't say I feel that way. I'm just saying some in this. I know. I, I have a brewer <laughs> segment teed up here for a second. But you're saying that the writers, because they're around the team more, end up becoming like Stockholm Syndrome. They start to believe what the team is feeding them. Not all of them, but Not all of them, but a lot of them. They're, they're a little protective of it. Okay. You know, and... And they look at you TV guys like, oh, you just are drive-bys. You come here, you do your stand-up, you maybe you come for the three innings of the game, right. the end of the game, and you're gone. And I don't well, blame them for that and, either, and because that, a lot of times, you, that is true. You well, took some grief from PR people, but in my experience, there were times when... TV people would show up for spring, for spring training. It's like, let's roll out the red carpet. Who do you want? Let's get the manager. Well, that we'll have never you do sit happened. Downs. Not with the we'll Brewers. That, we'll is, have you that do. is true. We'll, well, you guys can have TV's they would, ass. Yes, when they, they would. No, no, they, they would because we were there every day, so they could poop on us. What if really bottom of the barrel be sports radio? That's the people it. that have to say you suck on the radio, and then they're like, I hate that person. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, hey, I'm I'm just telling you that there's a certain PR person for the Brewers might still be there. Um, you know that would be like, you want to talk to somebody? Go ask them. There, there was no rolling out oh, of the red. There, there, that was a generation. Go ask them. And, and that was a they'd generation. allow the newspaper guys to go into the clubhouse, into the locker room, wherever at spring training, and do interviews. But no, you can't bring a camera in there. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's talk Brewers for a second. And I'm glad you're here, Drew. So I've been having this back and forth on the text thread today. Uh, it was just announced that Verlander signs with the Mets. Yeah, Kate Upkin, she can flip off the Phillies fans now real close. Two years, $43 million per year for a guy who's 40. And she and he turned down more money from the Yankees. And one year removed from major arm. Right. He's a Cy Young winner, though. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. and I said, I said to my guys, I said, it makes you feel kind of hopeless, doesn't it, as a Brewer fan, thinking about what you're up against? No. And, 
you don't think it's hopeless? No. Why? I don't think so at all. How, How many do you compete with that? With when the was the last time the Mets won a World Series? Well, is that your only bar? When was the last time the Yankees won a World Series? Is that your only bar? When, when it's look the the Washington Nationals found a way they won to get out won. of the wild card game yes. after they lost Bryce Harper right and win the World Series. But they lost three guys to nine figure deals after that. They caught lightning in a bottle one, two, three times in a row. With hundred loss seasons, would you rather have still, one title still, or zero since nineteen eighty six? And they still had a payroll that was through the roof for a period of four to five years. They can afford it. If you can't afford it but, as an owner, get out. Well, that's what the there's other are, people that would like to buy in that have more money. Well, the learners are getting out. Right, I'm just saying like, here in Milwaukee. Okay, so you yeah. want somebody richer than Atanasio to come in and start spending? No, well, here's, they're already top half of the baseball and payroll. Here's what I would like to see. The Brewers' ownership come out and say either, you know what, we can't compete financially. We will try hard. Just be honest with us, okay? Be honest. Not the dumpster diving. We're going to pay this guy $10 million for one year, and then we're going to trade him for a couple of mediocre guys, a guy named Abraham, okay? There hasn't been a lot <laughs> of great Abraham since for, the Bible and the, in, in the Civil War. They okay? literally traded for a guy named Junk, which I can't. If right. Dan was on TV, <laughs> he would have made that every day. He would have been okay. having a Jan, or, Jansen Junk. Jansen Junk. Or you can say, you know what? I'm in this to win. I may take some financial losses. I bought this team to win. The people of Wisconsin put up a lot of money to build a stadium. With the idea that at one point in the franchise's history, they would win a World Series. Maybe even be in one, besides one. It's been 40 years since they were in one. I, I don't want to hear about the bites of the apple. Don't, you nobody, want apple. Nobody wants to no hear bites. about the, the, whole the, apple. the birth pains. They want to see the baby pictures. Okay, they were one game away from going to the World Series a couple years ago. They were. Yep. Life is cruel. Sports is hard. It doesn't always work out the way you want. And what did they do after that year? They let a bunch of guys go, and then, you know. Okay. Well, it, again, sports is hard. Last year, Brewers 19th in total payroll, $130 million. What's the strength of this Brewers team? Starting pitching. The cheap pitching that they're not going to be able to afford. Right. probably have to trade. You know, they could have tried to sign those guys to a Freddie Peralta-type deal, for a couple of years at least. I don't know if they tried that hard. Okay. Spend some money. So you want the Padres. Instead, they spent the, the money on Yelich. Padres have gone all in. Yes. Their market oh, is spending larger, crazy. Yeah. but they're a one-team town. Yeah. You know? They've never been a small market. They position themselves as that, but they're not. Never really? Okay. They're not a small market. A lot of these right. same excuses were used by the Bucks for many years. Okay, but the And pod- then they won. But they got Giannis. The Padres, the Padres, <laughs> Giannis didn't do it by himself. The Padres won, I think, one more playoff game into the Brewers this year. They were a one-pump champ yeah. and out. Or no, they won one series. They won one they won series. series, and then they were bounced they out. They beat the Dodgers. I know, but still, is would that be good enough for you? No, because no. you want the if World you beat Series. The Cubs. You want it all, and I get it. I feel that pain knowing you guys here in Milwaukee. I just, when you've got and, a bird in the hand, don't let it fly away. Okay, so keep what, it. What would you do with both Burns and Woodruff? I would keep at least one. At what price? Whatever the price may be. Drew, what's that price going to be for Woodruff? Right uh, up, write up a ticket for Mr. Needles, who's feeling Burns, generous right Burns now. Burns will cost more. Atanasio's yeah. money. Burns, Burns will, will cost, cost more. more. Woodruff is probably more signable. 
might end up being more durable. No, instead they're going to end up being Freddie Peralta, who's the third best. There's history here because when I was growing up, they reached this crossroads where it was Yount and Molitor, and they couldn't keep them both. And Paul Molitor went to Toronto and won a World Series and got his 3,000th hit in Minnesota and didn't do it with the Brewers because they kept robbing Yount. Their calculus was that Yount was uh, a a position player, not a DH, not just a DH. And didn't get hurt as much. And didn't get hurt as much. And was more popular, perhaps, with the fan base. So that was their that was the uh, Sophie's choice. Right, I'm gonna tell you right and now. And this is a Sophie's choice right with now. Burns and Woodruff because they ain't if, keeping both of them. If the market for pitchers is a 40 year old coming off arm surgery is worth 43 million for two years, 43, 43, 86, then Burns and or Woodruff smell a lot like six for 240. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. About right. Write the check, Mark. I don't think Woodruff gets as much as Burns. Okay, but probably that, not. But two hundred million, one hundred seventy. That's a league the Brewers can't and won't and don't ah, play. But in. when they do, as they did with Christian Yelich, they can't miss, and they missed with Christian Yelich. But Yelich is only other Aaron teams. Braun. That's just a that's a sunk cost. It's a write off with the Brewers. That is an albatross. It's an anchor. I know prevents you from doing other that's things. That's why I, I Yelich, say trade it, sell the team to somebody who has. Billions of dollars. The Ricketts have billions of dollars, and what are they doing? It's Chicago. What do you expect? There you go. But it's like Yelich was ten for two hundred something. He was like he's like a twenty four million dollar player. He's like yeah twenty six. So so Burns and Woodruff are going to be forty million dollar potentially. When your payroll is one hundred and fifty, you can't have one guy making forty, can you? If I know somebody rich that wants to buy the Milwaukee Brewers, I'll pass his name to you, and then you can maybe broker the deal. I don't know if those guys exist. I don't think they do. And, 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 and when they do, they don't. They run it as the business. They don't necessarily go into their own pockets and whip out. They're not that crazy. And Steve I, Cohen is the, one of the richest guys in the world, and he's, you know, he right. just got Verlander, but he's let other guys go. Not going to get Judge. So you're not. You're. Did you like the Seelig Preeb uh, era better? The, the no. Oh, no, no, I'm no, thinking Seelig. No, I did not. No. You could um, go right back to that. There, there was a time, with a and this, new is, owner. Th- this is a long time ago, and, and all the crap that Bud Selig gets. He was the owner of the Brewers. Free agency began. The first year free agency went and got Sal Bando. The next year he went and got Larry Heisel. They started to build this team. They drafted incredibly well with Yount and with Molitor and with others, and they built a World Series team. But then money let it all go away. Yeah. Age. Right. was a factor. They didn't draft as well. TV rights they, were a factor. Yes. Broadcast rights were a factor. So here's a, here's a question for you guys, knowing the market, knowing the fanaticism of the fans. Would the fans trade a World Series championship with a parade right down whatever avenue Wisconsin you Avenue. Wisconsin Avenue, right down to the lake in the park by the lake. Would you trade that for Giannis going to another team? I think there are some in the town that would do that. Yeah, make that with, trade with the Giannis championship in their back. That's it. Already. I think that's that's it. And they, the fond memories. They've would been you trade yes. Giannis. They've experienced that, so they're. Well, I don't know about trade Giannis, but I think oh, yeah, the reality if, is: do, do you trade, really? I mean, would you? Would you? Would if you that prefer, meant, do you really it, think? Yeah, sell your soul. Right. Like I'm asking the sell your soul question for yeah. Brewer fans, for Milwaukee sports fans. The Brewers are beloved in this town. In, in reality's sake, is Giannis going to finish his career in Milwaukee? Is he going to spend his whole career here? Probably not. Bet no. the under. I don't think so. Yeah. Is Rodgers going to finish with the Packers, or will he play somewhere else? 
which brings USFL, me bet the my, under. <laughs> which brings me to my last one for you guys today, and I thank you, Mr. Needles, for taking time out of your busy retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you got, you, got, you got nowhere to be. You don't have to be there till noon, as the saying goes, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's already past noon. So, um, Rogers, he is quite the fascinating case study in an athlete and a MVP and a Super Bowl champion and the quarterback of a team which has one of the most rich legacies of quarterbacks you can author in the NFL, from Rodgers back to Favre, back to Star. And Lynn Dickey in the middle of there. And Always Jim Delgazo and Carlos Brown. Don't, don't, Lynn Dickey. Scott Hunter. Lynn Dickey, Lynn Dickey was in good. 1983 led the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns and interceptions. Okay. Are you, uh, you pro-Rodgers? At this point, I would love to see Jordan Love play to see if what we saw in that Eagles game was just a teaser. Not the question. Are you pro-Rodgers? Did you turn on Rodgers? Sounds like he had a turn on Rodgers, which I, was, I think a lot of people did. Drew. You know what? You know when no. I turned on Rodgers at uh, Super Bowl forty-five on Media Day, where there is a after that season there was going to be a um, labor Stop. distress. Yes, and on Media Day I ask him a question about that. He says, "Yeah, this isn't the place to ask that question." What is at your locker after the game? <laughs> Can I come to your house? One moment like that is enough to turn Dan. Like, <laughs> what an asinine answer! And See, Dan hasn't turned on Rogers. He's turned on. Let's see, Ryan Braun. Francisco Rodriguez, there have been many that you've turned on over the years. Generally, it's the highest paid is it, guy. Is it because of personal interaction? Burnett's. Just, no, just I, how they carry themselves. A lot of times it's. Well, it's with Foran, it was. Yeah, he cheated and lied. And, and threw a guy under the bus. Cheated and lied, threw the guy under the bus. Terrible. But got guy. his money. Yep. And, and was allowed to come back and had a somewhat redemptive no. final. Yeah. No. Not at and, all redemptive. And now Yelich is your guy. Because he's underperforming his his contract. He's been horribly like underperforming. underperform their contracts in sports. For God's sakes, if if it's like his a lot of his supporters say, well, he broke his kneecap. Do you know how many guys have come back from ACLs and done just as well or better? Yeah. There's no excuse for Christian Yelich being as bad as he's been. He's the highest paid leadoff hitter in baseball. That's what he's there for, to right. get some walks. He was a finalist for a gold glove in what league? <laughs> he can't make a throw from left field to third base without two hops. That's an indictment of He should have been glove moved to DH and then let Renfro stay and, and work the young outfielders in, but that's a different story. Rodgers, um, fantastic quarterback. Fantastic athlete. I think a really good leader in that locker room for many years. I don't know if he still is. Um, at some point, though, it's kind of like I thought the world of Brett Favre. But that other stuff kind of overshadows at after some point, a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Favre, like the, Favre stuff was in the shadows a lot, though. It wasn't as right. public as right. Rogers' and, girlfriends have always been public. And, and the Favre and, stuff was more personal. This scandal with the money in Mississippi is now going to be more than just well, about him. Right. Yeah. But Rogers saying, you know, asking his backup if he believes 9-11 happened and you should he's do some research into it. He's, he's a weird he's, dude. He's seen UFOs. He's a, he's a conspiracy theorist guy. And he's you a, put up with that. <laughs> You put up with that until... Don't need to know that. How about, 
How about when he finally does retire and maybe the real weird comes out? You, you know what Rogers He might have is? had a lot of the weird in the back you know, room. Rogers is that forward. Hollywood actress. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this because of the now. But you put up with her shit until you can't. Right. And then right. it's like, God, you're nuts. Get <laughs> out of here. That's Rogers. The thing about Rogers is it's just sickening how he's it's just followed Favre's path. Uh, he's treated Jordan it, Love better than Roger than yes, Favre he did. treated him. Right. But other but than to that, a large the parallels extent, are right. unbelievable. Yeah, and he yeah, still exactly. does his interviews at his locker a lot of times on Wednesday. Brett did it in the auditorium. Exactly. Brett, Good or bad? Because Brett did it in the auditorium. Good he wanted to be different. No, it was horrible. It was a horrible idea because the, too many reporters. Yeah, and the guys around. trying to get in their lockers around there, and they're yeah. getting pissed yeah. off because they couldn't get it's in. A circus. But so many cameras, guys on ladders with cameras. It was guys like Dan holding the mics out. It was inevitable that it was going to it, get to this point. Rodgers is as good of a thrower of a football as I have ever seen. If you take him technically versus Favre, there is no question. Right. But it's all the other stuff. I can't name one as being better than the other. If you had to win one game, who are you starting? Depends. Are you down in the fourth quarter? If that's the it's case, it's one I want game. Far. You got him from the beginning, from the if opening you're front kickoff. Running, I'll take Rogers. Opening okay. kickoff, right. you got him. Uh, when should people retire? As we say, this has been fun. One piece of retirement advice from Dan Needles, who has happily retired, lowered his handicap from a fourteen to an eight at uh, the tender age it, of fifty-eight Dan. years it. old. Happily, I would say a uh, principal of a retire as early as you can. Because there are a lot of things that you're able to do in your 50s into early 60s you won't be able physically to that you won't be able to do later. Right. And why the, the, the greatest thing about re, being retired is the stress level went from here to down here. Yeah. There's no stress. And that takes a lot out of your life. And like every day, for the, the first three months, I felt like I was on vacation. Now I feel like it's Saturday. Every day is Saturday. Every day is Saturday. That's amazing. It, yeah. It's so I cool. You know what? This. If you run out of money, go back to your kids. Go back to your yeah. kids and say, I need more money. <laughs> now, you don't have any kids to go back to for money, but you can probably get somebody who can borrow hey, money. Hey, go to Drew for money. I wouldn't be retired if not for my old TV station having a pension plan set up. Nice. Which was really nice. Old and they, it wasn't nobody an does that anymore. It's no, an it was not. Thank God I'm not. All right, you got to go do a show. Indeed, he's joining us today. Oh, he is nice. Yes, indeed. You're making it work today. Exactly. He's retired. It's after the Packers. He's so good on Twitter. We got to have him on the air. (laughs) All right, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Hopefully, you like the change of pace today. Always a good conversation to be had with smart people in and around the industry. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. 
The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.